Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Do you feel like you keep dating people who won't commit and you've struggled in your dating life? You've gone through all these breakups, or maybe you've even struggled to consistently date and stay in the dating game. And you are actually the one who struggles to commit and let your walls down. I know how exhausting this can be when you have this desire on your heart that you really want that partner, that best friend, that person to build a life with, and yet your dating life is just going nowhere and you can't seem to find a person to build a healthy relationship with. I just know how frustrating that is. And I was able to take everything I know from clinical psychology and attachment theory research and NLP belief work and build a program that can help you no matter what your past has been, even if you've never had a healthy relationship before in your life, this program will help you become the securely attached, healthy, high self-worth version of you who effortlessly attracts that partner that you've always wanted. So spots are really limited. We can only take a small amount of people every month. And I want to invite you to not wait on your healing. Love is for those who are willing to be brave and do the work And you are so deserving of removing the barriers to everything you desire. So I just want to invite you, apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. You get coaching with me and you will be able to embody that version of you that you deserve. And spots, once again, are super limited. So make sure you apply. You can find the link in my Instagram bio. My Instagram handles Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link will also be in the show notes. I'm so excited for you to embody that healthy, securely attached version of you. You are so worthy of it. Welcome, everyone, to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have a very, very special guest with us today. Casey Williams is a graduate of the Empowered Secure Love Program. Welcome, Casey. So glad to have you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Big opportunity for me. So I appreciate it. I know. Oh my gosh. So excited to just talk with you, hear about your story. I do want to give a little intro so our listeners know just a bit about you. So I have Casey's intro here. She is 36 years old from Portland, Oregon a numbers whiz who can memorize your phone number on the first try and become best friends with any dog that she meets. I love that. 
She's happiest in Mexico, soaking up sun, spending time with her close-knit family, and being the best elevator small talker you've ever met. I love that too. (laughs) Casey is quick-witted, playful, and kind-hearted. She's passionate regarding matters of the heart and social justice. After 18 months of sobriety, she finds herself spending a lot of time reading and listening to ways to grow in that lifestyle and mentors others who are sober or sober curious. Also, she always wants a side of ranch with her pizza or fries. I love it. I love those little details about people. So thank you for that intro. And you you know, I spent a lot of time in, in Portland, Oregon. So I love that that you're from there. And just so happy that this program has connected us. And I've gotten to know you a bit. And I'm excited for you to share your story with our listeners. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I listened to your podcast for, you know, at least a year before I subscribed to the program, um, probably even longer than that. And knew you had that connection to Portland and kind of thought that was fun. So I was following, uh, you know, your Instagram and your podcast for a long time before I actually got to start messaging with you. And before you took took the leap to do the work (laughs) and join the program. I love it. Yeah. Well, Casey, I want to just start out with a little bit about your story and maybe you can tell us a little bit about just growing up or your own experiences and essentially kind of like your life before doing this work or even before before sobriety, because I know that in and of itself was a big commitment and life change for you too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, sure. I'm happy to share. Uh, so I grew up in Vancouver, Washington, right here, uh, outside of Portland, Oregon, and have spent my whole life here. Um, stepped away for college for a couple years, uh, up at Washington State University, go Cougs, um, and found that that university had quite a big drinking culture there. So, um, I think that's when my journey kind of really started in terms of realizing, um, you know, I'm an adult out in the world and independent. And that doesn't just involve, you know, um, getting to class and feeding myself. It involves staying in tune with my, you know, emotions as well. And that's something I think I really struggled with. Uh, so yeah, spent, spent four years at Wazoo and, uh, drank a hefty amount and, uh, always kind of had in the back of my mind to be, um, the fact that alcoholism runs in my family and my dad was a physician. So he was always kind of pinging me with, you know, information and knowledge about the dangers of substance abuse. And so uh, I noticed that, you know, once I left Washington state and came back to Portland, that uh, excessive drinking lifestyle seemed to carry out. And I felt like it was a cultural thing, you know, um, our society seems to promote, you know, sex and drinking and, uh, we see it everywhere. So I, um, just realized that instead of really tuning into what my, my goals were in terms of finding a relationship and a partnership, I buried that inner desire for connection after my last long-term relationship, which was age 28. And you said I'm 36, so quite some time ago. So um, I just kind of continued drinking socially and um, dating and uh, 
find found that I was using my body for <laughs> validation and connection. And it wasn't really uh, getting me with the connection I desired. So um, mm, thank you for sharing that. I know there's so many people listening who can, who can relate and going a little bit deeper there. When we think about like, what was the function of using alcohol for you? Like what, what was it doing for you? Uh, I think it was a big distraction. Um, I have ADHD. I'm really extroverted and social, and it was a big distraction for me to be able to go out and be social. So the opportunity was always in front of me, and it was um, it was a numbing tool. It was a coping mechanism. It was something that allowed me to escape big feelings that were coming up um, that I avoided for a really long time, and that that involves things um, that I didn't know until I joined your program, like, you know, that, that deep, um, you know, trauma from past relationships and just um, childhood dynamics and all that, all that good stuff you dive into in your program. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. I think a lot of people can relate to just that, that numbing. And you talked about like, it's just so easy to do. Like it's such a norm in our culture. Everyone's going out and drinking and it's like, it's hard to say no when it's so available and so easy, right? Um, yeah, it is. And what's what's scary about it too is it's an addictive substance, right? So yeah. uh, it was a slow progression for me. I didn't have a big rock bottom um, that that forced this lifestyle change. It was something that uh, you know eventually was starting to take hold of me, and I had enough knowledge to say this isn't um, who I want to be. And had to, you know, kind of look into myself and look inward and say, I've got to do some changes. And then I found your podcast. I love it. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and I'm curious, like, when, when you think about alcohol and dating, tell me about like dating with alcohol, because I feel like it's such a norm, right? Like you're supposed to go out on a date and drink. And how, I, I know we're going to get to more of your journey, but like, how have you navigated that switch of, Hey, I'm actually not going to drink while I'm dating. Well, what's interesting is I'm finding that through using the dating apps, I'm attracting a different type of man. I'm noticing that I'm seeing a lot of people who I am attracted to who rarely or never drink, which is kind of like, I don't know if that's because there's a sober curious movement or if these are people I wasn't seeing before, but, you know, people who are more emotionally stable and who have, you know, similar um, values and, um, you know, relationship oh, goals. And so with that. that, it's nice because I'm, I'm connecting with a lot more of that, but um, people are, you know, I find that some people don't even notice that it says um, that I never drink on my uh, profile. And then they'll ask, where are we getting wine this weekend? You know, or what winery are we going to go to? And so, you know, some people are going to be okay with this. Others aren't. But um, I've found that that having a quick first date is always the best. So a copy date, a quick FaceTime, um, you know, a phone call, uh, something with less pressure during the daytime. I wonder um, where you learned that from. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> that, it, it's true. Um, you know, and I... 
I dreaded that so much in the past before because, right, there's no distraction. There's nothing to loosen yeah. you up. Uh, and so you're Casey, I'm just up. so glad you're saying this because one of the things people always say to me about alcohol, they're like, oh, but I can't date if I'm sober because everyone drinks. But, but I really do believe, and you're, you're backing me up here, that when we really change our own belief system and we know our worth and we know what we're clear on, we just start to become attracted to different people and, and bring different people who align with us into our lives. So, so thank you for backing up like what I have found to be true. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> so I know there's so much we can talk about. I, I want to go just a little bit different direction to sort of the core of your belief system prior to doing this work because i know that's one thing you and i've talked about and a big part of doing the empowered secure love program is having a awareness of your belief system and then creating a new belief system so tell us what what did you learn that your old belief system was prior to doing the work i realized um my belief system was I'm not worthy of receiving the love that I'm capable of giving to others. Um, I have such a big heart and I big soul and I share and give and love and um, have always believed that I'm just never going to find somebody who's going to match that and invest in me in that same way. Um, so that was one of them. Um, I believed that, you know, looks and weight mattered. And that there had to be, you know, a certain body image um, that seemed unattainable. <laughs> and it's not even something that, um, you know, probably would even look healthy. But it was just this, you know, again, promoted by media, what we see. Um, I guess I'm just a sponge to that uh, or yeah. was growing up. And so I uh, really just didn't have any belief that there was um, hope for me. And as I moved through my 20s and didn't um, find a long-term relationship after my last one, um, it were just really deep in those beliefs for me. And I really appreciate you sharing this because I just know that there's so many people listening who can relate that belief of, you know, I'm never going to find someone who can give to me the love that I give to others. And maybe even below that, it's that I'm not worthy of receiving love. Like you're so much more comfortable giving than receiving, I think. Um, and then the piece about body image. Oh my gosh. How common is that? I think it's like so, so many women I speak to, I want to say 97% of women I speak to, we've developed these beliefs about we have to look a certain way in order to be good enough for the relationship we want. Um, it's just so damaging. So I'm, I'm really glad that you talked about that. And I, I'm curious through doing the program, how, how, do, how were you able to let go of that? And then what are, what is the new belief system that you're working on? Oh, yeah. Um, the, it makes me emotional, even just bringing back up what those prior beliefs are, right? Because it's just so, um, it's just so sad to think of the number of years that were spent living in that space. And you, um, have two options. One pain comes up, right? You can choose to address it or ignore it. And um, 
I chose to ignore it for so long. So reminding myself of those is not not ever fun, but I feel really empowered in that I, you know, my new belief system is I'm worthy of receiving the love that I'm, um, you know, are capable of, I'm capable, I'm going to receive, you know, the love that I'm worthy Mm -hmm. of. Um, That partner does exist out there for me. Uh, I, I, you know, time is never anything that's, you know, a big stress to me, which I think is really fortunate. So I just um, have this belief of, you know, the right person is out there for me. And at the right time, they'll come into my life. And that I'm okay until then, because I have so much love for myself through the program, um, that I just have been bracing my uniqueness. <laughs> and it's really <laughs> fun getting to almost like date myself and learn more about myself. And, yeah. you know, the work never stops. And so um, for me, just rewiring my belief system to I am worthy, um, you know, I am deserving and someone will reciprocate the love that I give in the same way um, to me. I love it, Casey. And I, I love that it's like, man, even bringing up those old beliefs makes you go like, oh, that doesn't even feel like me anymore. Like I can see it on your face. Like, oh, like it's hard to even remember, right? The person who was living their life based on that belief system. And I have been lucky enough to witness you grow and heal and change. And it's amazing to even just like actually see the lightness in your presence and just the joy and the glow. And I know that some of the glow is from you being in Mexico, but there's also (laughs) like a glow of healing and just like getting to witness you change over this time. I'm curious, like what, what else have you noticed or have other people noticed about how, just how your life has changed since really doing this work? Um, you know, I think that's, it's just been night and day over the last two years you know it starts with sobriety and riding out that pink cloud and having the excitement of uh, just that new lifestyle to then diving into um you know uh women for sobriety and attending those meetings and you know really getting to share that work with others and then doing a positive intelligence program by Shirzad out of Stanford and um, talking about that and then you know finding empowered secure love um it's something that, you know, friends and family recognize. And, um, you know, some, some do, some, some don't, some don't care to talk about it, um, or engage with it, but, uh, it, it, there's a difference, right? And it's just, I'm showing up, uh, more myself and I'm present when I'm engaging with people. Um, and so, you know, you asked in the prior question about how I got there too, and I didn't really address that, but it it, it takes a lot of work. So doing this is, um, you know, a big investment uh, that you have to be ready to take um, or invest in yourself. And um, I, you know, my favorite things were doing the morning alignment, which I'm going to do forever. <laughs> um, that's so helpful and getting those affirmations and just like, daily principles down for myself and, you know, uh, having that routine and then the, um, releasing the past letter writing and really taking that relationship inventory and looking at those dynamics and who, who could I write letters to that I never sent, obviously, um, that I could just, uh, you know, pen to paper and release. I love that you shared some, you know, the, your favorite parts. And also I love that you shared about it being work 
because it really is. It's, it's this whole thing, you know, you talked about like, oh, you can kind of avoid the pain and then live a life of suffering where you're just kind of not actually getting what you want out of life and you're, you're suffering and you're avoiding pain, or you can do the work of something like the empowered secure love program and you're going to feel some pain, right? Like you are digging up things from your past. We're looking at your old dynamics. We're looking at your belief system. So for you, like, I guess what was, what was like hard about that experience of going through the pain? And then I guess what, what has been most rewarding of going through it too? I think the hardest thing is in sobriety going through the program, uh, you have to experience your feelings and you can't numb them in any way. So, you know, if when I listened in the past about doing this program, it's like, okay, settle in with some wine and, and, and dive in. Right. But the attentiveness uh, wouldn't have been there. And so um, the hardest thing was having to set aside the time to sit down and have experiences that I knew were going to bring up a lot of tears and emotion and um, just signing up to do that work, you know, cause it's, it's eight <laughs> weeks um, of, yeah. of doing that over. And so that was, that uh, was really tough to, to do, but it was something I was in, um, invested in myself and was, I knew that was the path forward for me. And so um, that was the, the hardest part for me. I love, I love that you talk about this because I think sometimes we think about growth and healing and it's rainbows and butterflies and all affirmations and fun and, we don't talk about the actual pain of examining ways that we were hurt or looking at our wounds and really intentionally releasing the past. There is pain that comes up with that, but also what a beautiful thing that you decided to show up for yourself and work through the pain. And not only that, be sober and do it intentionally and be present. Um, because yeah, it is so easy to just use alcohol or if it's not alcohol, it's Netflix or binge shopping or binge eating. Like there's all these ways that we can distract and numb. Right. But deciding to heal. And then on top of that, deciding to be present for the healing, what a gift for you. And now you know how to do that, which is great. It's like, you now your brain knows I can feel really hard things and I can be present for it. Oh, totally. And I, you know, I, I made that commitment two years ago when I entered that sobriety journey and working with my therapist, um, she specializes in um, crisis and substance abuse addiction, and she's wonderful. And I've worked with her weekly and um, being able to actually, you know, invest that time um, and get to the place where you're willing to do the work and then see the other side of it. You know, you don't feel like you're doing, see, you know, you don't feel the progress until you get to the finish line sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's nice because you asked in the earlier question, how do friends or, you know, how do others see the, see the change yeah. in you? And it, they, they see it, but it also inspires change, which is what like lights me up. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in regard to relationships, even my parents, you know, just seeing like, okay, well, we, we didn't grow up with therapy. We had family dynamic issues, you know, um, and, you know, we do the best we can, but you know, they, they benefited from getting couples therapy and doing now individual therapy. And it's just lights me up it's to see that. like, 
it's it's not only benefiting them, it benefits others, it benefits the family. It's just like such a good thing to give back to yourself and to build that relationship with yourself so that you can show up for the others who you love in your life and who love you. It's just it's just a beautiful journey to watch, mm-hmm. but it's also a terrifying and unknowing path that you're entering. Thanks for sharing that, Casey. And I think that's one way I connect to you is just that relationship with your family. And I know you really value being close to them. And it is amazing when we can decide to heal and show up for ourselves and then inspire other people to do the same. Um, And I think we get to model healthy ways of relating. We get to model expressing our emotions, being vulnerable. And that totally has that domino effect on your entire family. So what a beautiful gift for, for yourself and for them. I love that. It is. Yeah. I'm curious specifically about dating. Tell me dating before doing this work, before having this awareness and then dating now. Is there any difference in who you're attracted to, a difference in how you go about it, how you feel? Like, tell me, I, I want to hear all the deets. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just a whole different mindset in regard to the intentionality with dating. So now that I've healed this relationship with myself, I'm automatically showing up different. And like I said earlier, I'm attracting um, or finding that I'm attracted to uh, people who align more with who I am today. Um, but, you know, prior to doing this work, my uh, intentionality with dating um was never really thought out. You know, I didn't have that list of non-negotiables and boundaries. And I never was able to prioritize and maintain my routines um, and the things that were important to me when I entered relationships. Uh, So I, I really never tuned into how I felt um, and what my needs were. I was just focused on um, validation and getting my, my, you know, making, making myself feel like I was worthy. And a lot of the times that was through, you know, hookups with, you know, people who I weren't worthy of my time. (laughs) And so now when I get a look at like dating in this post program world and post, uh, (laughs) in, in, in my recovery world, I really have, um, better intention with what I'm after. I slow down, you know, I can look at the red and uh, yellow flags and, um, you know, be the love scientist and really just kind of um, slow down and, and not rush the process Mm -hmm. and, and, and ask myself, how am I feeling? And do I, do, do I want to continue on and um, ocean up, not uh, ocean up, open up um, emotionally and be vulnerable with this person? Um, because in the past, I just opened the floodgates and let everyone know everything about me. But I've learned, you know, that's precious. And uh, I get to choose who I invest my time with now. Oh, my gosh, I love it. I'd, be, I'd give you a big hug if we were in person. Like, yes. That's all the things <laughs> you're doing so well. Yeah. It, yeah. Awesome. You know, the world is my oyster and I get to, um, I guess I did have the ocean on my mind yeah. uh, because, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's not a rush. And now I have this really high self-worth and just am excited for the possibilities that's out there for me. Um, you know, it's, um, 
there, there's so much um and I will have a loving relationship and um I do have loving and meaningful relationships in my life without a romantic partner yeah and I thrive on that so um I'm just going to keep focusing on me doing this work like you said it's an everyday thing and um you know just just focus on number one keep loving myself and when the right person's there they're going to come in and um as I go on dates you know it's I'm, I'm new to this I'm fresh out of the program and um you know getting these experiences but uh it is a it is different not settling up at a bar for multiple hours and uh having rounds and you know just shooting the yes. shit <laughs> Casey you said something too that I think a lot of people probably unconsciously relate to you on which is kind of just using dating as getting like a dopamine hit like to have people to to validate your self-worth i've talked about this as outsourcing your self-worth you're giving Mm -hmm. it to other people and it's amazing how when we're doing that we just don't care where the dope when we do care but we're just not as intentional and clear on who we're going to invest our energy into and who we're allowing in our life. So we end up connecting with all these people that don't even really align with what we want because unconsciously, right? Like we still just want that dopamine. We want our self-worth to be validated. So I love that you just shared that because I don't even know if you realized how profound that was. Oh, I didn't, but it's what you, when you say it out loud, it's 1000%, you know what I mean? And that's where I, I have no regrets about my past. If anything, I'm, I'm thankful for every experience that I learned along the way and I'm here and happy and healthy today. But, you know, thinking about just the situations I've put myself in and the people I've uh, invested my time in and the ways I've been hurt and allowed that to happen and still fought for those people, you know, it's just, um, so much underneath that and you have so much compassion for that version of yourself now I really do yeah I sure do yeah and then realizing when you have taken ownership now of your self-worth it's you're no longer outsourcing it and you have that great relationship with yourself and then obviously when someone great comes in your life they're just going to multiply the love that you already have in your life so you just, you get to be so much more intentional um, and let people earn your investment and your vulnerability. That's just a whole different experience. And it's fun, right? Like, are, are you having fun? Uh, I am. Yeah, I I am. <laughs> I like the whole idea of, you know, the dating, the dating pool and where we put our toes in the water and, you yes. know, really just slowly kind of getting in. And I am, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I, prior to, you know, doing the program i was the laziest app user i was just kind of a swiper you know everything sits on your turn your turn your turn and kind of initiate something and then not continue it and now i'm swiping with intention um i'm setting aside the time weekly that i want to spend you know focused on that um so it's not just such a mindless game whenever i feel like opening my phone and um just find that I'm having better results and enjoying the process more. Good. Yeah. And there's so there's there's so much to do outside of, you know, sitting at the bar, like you said, the coffee shop or whatever, and walks in the park. We've all heard that, but I've taken up bowling in the last year. There's bowling, there's like 
kingpins with a game arcade. There's just like so much out there that you can do. And I'm excited. Like I said, I'm really extroverted and social. So even if it's not a match, I'm just excited for the opportunity to go hang out, do, do something fun. I love that. That's, you know, I always talk about not having expectations. That's exactly the mindset of, Hey, you know, we're human beings. We're on this planet to connect with people. I'm going to connect with this person with no expectations. And if we want to invest further, we will. And if not, no pressure. So I, I love that you have really changed your dating mindset and that you're just going about it intentionally and that you're not looking to fill, um, to fill a void. You have that great relationship with yourself. And now it's just, okay, someone to come in my life and multiply the love that I already have. So I love it. You're a star student, Casey. (laughs) Thank you. Gold star. A plus. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) I'm curious. So there's a lot of women listening who they might've been like you a few years ago where they are kind of avoiding doing this work. Maybe they've listened to a few episodes, but they're just, they're, they're dipping their toe in to the healing world and they might have some fears like, Oh, her story sounds great, but I don't think it's going to work for me. Um, you know, I just, what would you say to that person who's scared of doing this work? Who's on the fence? Who's, who's avoiding the pain? What, what would be your advice? I think it's just that you have two options. You're, you can remain complacent and live your life and feel those feelings that are never going to go away. Um, and feelings are never going to kill you. So that's okay. <laughs> or you can, um, evaluate where you're at with your healing journey and see if it's something that's worth the investment for you because, um, I truly found that it was, uh, there was so much to the program that was really helpful for me, um, from all the different modules and everything that you learn that you, you know, touch base on briefly in your book, not briefly, um, in detail in your book, but like also just the weekly calls, um, on Facebook and just the different things that I learned in that. And just being able to show up with a community of women who are supportive of that and going along the same journey, um, and having the coach, um, I would recommend that somebody who's going in to do this work should also have a therapist. So I think it needs to be somebody who's already kind of on that path towards healing. Um, but I, I would say, you know, a hundred percent have that, have that initiation call where you learn more about it and see if it's a fit for you because, um, you, you gotta be ready to do the work, (laughs) um, but it's worth doing the work. So I love that. I love that you mentioned our community because I think that's something that's that's so helpful. And I know you you know that too, um, with a with the sober community also, like just having community as you're going through something so that you know that you're not alone, you have other people. Uh, it sounds like you enjoyed our group calls that that we did. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah. And I wasn't always able to attend live. I mean, if they, if I was in work, but they're recorded and I always went back to them and made sure I watched what was in the library and took so many notes from them that I still go back to. Um, so yeah, I, I really loved that. And you're right. When you say community, um, huge for, I think so many different reasons in the past, I used to roll my eyes at that. Um, my therapist in early recovery, 
mentioned Women for Sobriety for quite some time before I really dove in and got into that program and fast forward um, after, you know, the amount of time I needed. I'm a facilitator and I, you know, uh, tomorrow morning I'll be facilitating the meeting and um, the sense of community makes such a difference in that you are not only helping yourself, but you're helping others and that helps yourself. And the, you know, being able to do that both in the sober community and the empowered, secure and loved community was, um, was next level. I love it. Yeah. You have such a big heart, Casey, and I am so excited for you as you continue on this path and just, you know, being, being open to meeting your person and, uh, just what a gift for me to get to witness you on this journey, really. Well, I'm really grateful for you and for all the content that you put out from the podcast, your book to everything before you even joined the program and for you developing the program. I mean, it's just awesome to feel like I was able to relate to you in so many different ways and then, you know, go through the program and see out the other end. It's just, it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm in a really happy place. And um, thank you for saying I have a big heart. It's pretty goofy, but I, as I started to do this self-love and healing work, I told my therapist that I think I, I, I always had like self-confidence, but I never felt it. So it's like, I know I'm cool. Like I have my friends and family and, you know, social and everything, but never really loved myself inside, you know? And now I tell her that it's like, I have this disco ball heart and now it's starting to actually like the lights on it, you know, and it's starting to like move and shimmer and shine. And so it's like, thank you for saying that because I just always think of um, just how alive I feel and how excited I am to just be unique, be myself, know the value that I add to the world and, um, you know, just keep moving forward. I love it. The disco ball heart. I love yeah, that. Yeah. She's I great. think that's so fitting for you because you do, you have such a bright light about you too. So your heart, your bright light, the disco ball heart, that is so fitting. Yes. Um, and <laughs> I, I love having women like you come on the podcast because the biggest thing I want people to know is that this is available for you, no matter what your history has been, no matter what your past is. A lot of people have the lie that they're too broken or that, you know, it's just not going to work for them or that they won't be able to do it. So they have all this fear or beliefs about themselves. But women like you are such an example of, hey, your life can completely change. You can yeah. commit to healing and you can completely change how do you feel and what your life is like? Sure. And say it doesn't say, say somebody who has doubts in, in it being successful. I think the least you can do is try. And I, yeah. I you, you can't say you're not going to learn some things along the way. And um, I think that, that investing in yourself is always a good choice. I don't think that there's any, you know, uh, pro-con list needed there when it comes to a right. investment. <laughs> We're always our best investment. And yeah, you, you are such an example of that. And then realizing that by investing in yourself, you're also helping everyone around you and everyone in your life. And just that ripple effect of, wow, you know, you being an example for your family and then people in your family are examples for people in their lives. And when, you know, if that someday you ever decided to have kids, you're an example for them, right? Like it's just, the effect of it, it just goes on and on and on. And it's, it's a beautiful gift to yourself and to the world ultimately. So it truly is. And I and thank you. And I'm actually like, 
I've got to say I'm inspired by you. I I have a huge um, passion for the sobriety and recovery and wellness and self-love and self-help world. And um, since I do so much reading and podcasting surrounding that, I I see myself, I envision myself in the future somehow being able to be a sober coach or something that can help women who struggled in similar ways to that, what I did and be able to share share my knowledge and share what I have and help others. Um, and even if it's not in a work fashion, I'm here, you know, like I, I just love, I love talking and working with other women and helping anybody who's in that place where it's like, hey, I'm just not feeling my best. <laughs> I love that, Casey. That's so, so amazing. And that's, I think when we heal, we get to really tune into what is the real purpose on our heart. When, when we're, when we're able to fill up our cup and have a great relationship with ourselves, we can more authentically see like, what do we feel called to do, whether it's for career or for joy, things just become so clear about, well, Hey, what are the true desires on my heart? Right. So I love that you have that clarity. Obviously, I'll be cheering you on. I think that's awesome. Yes, and thank you to Dr. Dr. Rachel, because it was from a live call where she really dove deep on manifestation. And um, it was a really good, uh, it was a really good live call and involved a letter to self. And I, it was one of my favorites. So thanks. You don't know Dr. Rachel is one of our coaches inside of the Empowered Secure Love program. So I love to hear it. I know we have amazing coaches, but I love that she, yeah. she talked about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so this has been so good. I just really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing parts of your story. I always ask my guests this question. So I'm going to ask you, um, walking <laughs> down the street, random person comes up to you and they want to know what is your best life advice can just be of the moment. doesn't have to be all time. But right now, if someone asked you that, what would you say? Yes, I did prepare for this one uh, because you do ask all your guests and I've been listening for many years. Um, (laughs) But I think, and right, this is always going to change. It's been a million things over over the years and I have a whole notes section in my phone about things that come to mind. But um, right now, today, I think it would be trust yourself, know yourself, believe in yourself. And don't be influenced by other people. Um, and I think I'd just leave it at that. That's that's beautiful. It's so true. I think so often we're so influenced by what other people think or we're acting out of ways that we think, oh, if I am this way, then I'll be liked or then I'll be loved. But just being able to say, hey, no, trust yourself. And, and learn, and, and that's such a practice, learning to tune in and learning to trust. So I, I love that you're, you're developing that and getting stronger in that. That's beautiful. Yeah. These were my roadblocks to my, you know, self-recovery journey. And I think that there was so much time where I just didn't know myself or I didn't, I was too afraid to get to know myself, you know, and, uh, I, I don't know why that is, but, uh, you know, trusting myself, trusting my intuition, um, you know, the things I didn't do before I, I do with passion now. I love it so much. You've been an incredible guest. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Oh, for sure. Um, I have an Instagram. It's C-A-S-E-Y 264. 
And I, you know, think that's probably the best place to reach me. But yeah, I post a lot of um, <laughs> my parents' dogs, my travel journeys. <laughs> I love it. I love Not, it. They have one dog. I said dogs, but yeah. Um, and, you know, I have a little reel about sobriety. So I always find that that one's fun just kind of to see the journey there and um, how it goes. Yes. Oh, Casey, thank you so much. I will put that info in the show notes as well. And I just want to say it's been such a pleasure to watch you on this journey. And it's women like you that always remind me why I do this work and why I show up and serve because transformations like this and just getting to see you light up and become more of your authentic self oh, just fills my heart up so much. So thank you for um, having me as, as a witness to your journey. It's been beautiful. Well, thank you for, you know, showing me the path and providing the opportunity and being a coach. And if I were there, I'd give you a big hug because I really appreciate you. Hugs, virtual hugs. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate you. And Casey and I are both wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce, And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community. 